Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this morning is the Dapper DM, Master Troy Sandlin. Hello, hello. And we've also got a couple special guests on today. Uh, two fellows from Lost Lorne Gaming, uh, Master Mark Reinhagen. Hello, hello. And Jason Brandon. Hey there. Uh, really, really glad to have both of you on. Um, this episode is going to be devoted exclusively to the two of you and Lost Lauren. It's been a while, Troy, since we've done a exclusive interview episode. Um, yes, but has. they're always good, right? So yes, it has. <sighs> so We're ready let's... for a deep dive. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Um, and there's lots to dive into with. Bloodstone Isle. Um, there's a lot of little nooks and crannies and different eccentricities and and yes, absolutely. Quite, I, it, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a project worthy of Kickstarter. We'll put it that way. And the ambitious aspects that Kickstarter sometimes brings to life. So we'll be excited to talk about that. But before we talk about the Kickstarter, let's talk about the two of you. Um, Jason, we'll start off with you. Um, tell us a yeah. little bit about yourself and what you are to this project well um i've in my personal life i've worn a few hats i've done i've done the uh the the uh clerical missionary preaching thing um i've uh by studies i'm a linguist and i've i've taught linguistics at college and uh but I, man i love love fantasy science fiction role playing games my mom raised me on a healthy diet of doctor who and, and lord of the rings yes. and and role-playing games were, were the obvious fit and absolutely when vampire the masquerade came out uh fell in love with it uh i would say hand over heart vampire the dark ages is my favorite role-playing game so when the chance came to join this lost lorn project oh just to be a tiny little part of it was wonderful um but then Every time that I grabbed something, Mark said, "Do you want a little bit more?" And so, by the time by the time we got to the end of this, uh, he took a chance on me and let me pr let me play at executive editor for Bloodstone Isle. And what an amazing learning opportunity! Um, it has been a joy to see that from the inside. Uh, all these years of playing role playing games, and now I get to see it on the inside, and just. Yeah, we'll talk more about Bloodstone Isle, but the product has been so amazing to be a part of. Just, just a dream come true. Awesome. Now, I, I have a quick question from from your little uh, bio there. Um, oh, yeah. You said that you're trained as a linguist and and uh, taught language and in, uh, uh, in yeah, previous... taught a little college. Yeah, I taught yeah. a little college linguistics. And um, you also said you also said that you were raised on a healthy diet of Doctor Who and. Uh, Middle Earth. So, was oh, yeah. the Middle Earth route and yes. kind of following in the footsteps of Tolkien the reason Entirely. for the linguist path? Okay, excellent. Entirely. I read. I read the Hobbit, and there's a map at the beginning of the Hobbit with some runic stuff on it, and I had no idea that he was going to translate that on like page ninety-two. So I got I in in like sixth grade. <laughs> I opened the map and went, "Oh, I could translate this." So I did. And then read the book and went, oh, I didn't need to go to all that work, but I had fun. <laughs> yeah. And so I just said, I want, and I really did. I said, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and so here we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, my master's thesis was a comparison of Greek and Coptic. And 
I yeah, absolutely got into that. That that charted my course. You and by it. the way, not not to distract, but uh, no. that experience of ha having, you know, translating something and figuring out a map and and uh, figuring out the treasure of that and that puzzling out. That's actually our unique feature in Bloodstone, that the players have their own book, uh, an actual artifact from the world, an amazing treasure, a book that's also a treasure map. So, now that so is that's, cool. That is exactly the whole point of Bloodstone, really, is to have that vehicle for players to have their own uh, key into the, into the campaign setting. We had, we had many long conversations, Mark and I, and the rest of the writers, too, on how do we bring these riddles in and, and, and different experiences of like for me, languages and for the artists and even, and, and how do we bring everybody's expertise to make those riddles that players can explore? Um, hmm. And I'm going to brag on Mark is a really good link. I have to keep up with Mark, even with my background, <laughs> Mark is a really good linguist and, and, and brings that to the table uh, in Bloodstone. Hmm. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of linguistic little clues along the way that are fun. Awesome. Well, that's a good segue. I know uh, a chunk of our listening audience uh, will know exactly who Mark is, but Mark, go ahead. And for those of you who may not know uh, your legacy and, and, and current uh, expeditions and RPGs, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, you know, back in the day, I uh, started a role-playing club at college that ended up having the the founders of uh, was the coast uh, Atlas Games, uh, White Wolf Games, um, and uh, gosh, a bunch of other companies all attending college, and we're in that game, my gaming group, and um, I end up becoming the the uh, the author and creator of uh, the World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade. I was the owner of uh, White Wolf, co-owner, and um, I was one of the founding share. I was on the board of directors of Wizard of the Coast, and uh, mm -hmm. one of the uh, original shareholders. So, I've had a weird career zooming around. I haven't always been in gaming, um, but but gaming uh, is kind of my love, you know. And uh, um, I'm definitely plan on st coming back for good now. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. So, what what was what was the thing that brought you back? What what was the inspiration for Lost Lauren that started this whole train? Oh, you know, um, well, Game of Thrones actually had a lot to do with it because I had a, a a campaign when I was a teenager. My first D and D campaign was Low Magic, and actually, all my friends quit, and uh, <laughs> and I lost all my friends. They wanted to do Murder Hobos. Right, teenage boys, of course. Uh -huh. And uh, I basically they started their own game and kicked me out, and I was bereft, you know. Um, but anyway, that was Lost Lauren. That was back when I was 15 years old. I was starting on this this world that we're building, and okay. Bloodstone is the first step in that. So anyway, through Game of Thrones, I was like, wait a minute, I can do a fantasy world, a full-on fantasy world, but I can do it low fantasy. It still has all these parts about, you know, um, all these things I like. And so I said, and so anyway, uh, that just became um, Lost Lauren, and we're rolling out, basically, we'll plan on doing like four Kickstarters a year, starting hopefully next year. Wow. And wow. Uh, yeah. we have a huge team, we're rolling out stuff, and you know, um, the idea is just to, you know, deliver this Kickstarter. We plan on delivering, you know, 
15 days after the Kickstarter ends and the money arrives, we plan on sending out all the PDFs because the book is already laid out. Everything's done. Fantastic. Awesome. So, so, so the book is already laid out. Uh, it's, it's, it's on its way to the printers. I can imagine, or soon to be. Um, it's been sent. It's been sent. So that's yeah. awesome. Wow. Sent, that. Yeah. And and I heard. I think. Um, and I have some. I have some prior knowledge with this project. I was lucky enough to get to spend some time uh, on it. And um, there's two books, and then kind of a third bonus book. So it's not like. Plus a map, a treasure map. Plus a treasure map. Uh, so, like, yeah. Troy and I do a, and, and our friend John, do a uh, several times a month what we call a crowdfunding corner where we do kind of a roundup of all the Kickstarters and GameFounds and Indiegogo campaigns that are out there that we that have caught our eye. And we have talked numerous times over the past, Troy, about the length that many, many Kickstarters are now asking you to wait between the day that you pledge yes. and the day mm. that you get your product, right? That has, yeah. you know, I, I, we won't name names and some of these, because some of these companies are sometimes better with one project than they are with another, but there are pr companies out there that will ask you to wait two and a half years to see I, I hide nor hair. Yeah. I had one that it went seven years. It was seven years from when I... When when wow. when the Kickstarter ended, I won't I won't say which one it's. It, Mark knows which one it's my favorite. It, it is my favorite game, but one of my favorite games. Not I shouldn't say favorite because it's not Vampire: The Dark Ages, but it is one of my all time favorite games. But seven years that is a really long time. I didn't even yeah. realize Kickstarter's been around that long. <laughs> right, <laughs> just about long, a little bit longer than that. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the thing is I think people are so used to waiting they're they're used to it. So we're hoping that by breaking that paradigm and having things be much more rapid and, yeah but then also not having toys because we're not going to do anything in china we're not going to use chinese shipping so we can't mm -hmm. have all the little extras and doodads and all that but pretty simple books maps you know uh that kind of thing um but done super high quality of course and yeah. um you know that hopefully will be yeah something cool and different you know that it's not only high quality yeah. printing but high quality content like this is a, a campaign that will really, really capture your players. And, and so people, players will go, hey, I want to do another Lost Learn, okay? And then that's, that's our goal, is that people want to ask for Lost Learn from their, their DM. Zach, you mentioned the book three that we have. We, we, we do have, it's a three-book set. And we can talk more on that in a second. But, but part of Mark's strategy to speed up our turnover is we're not focused on all of these things, dice and action figures and miniatures, and all these different things that come. All of the kick, for, for Bloodstone Isle, all of the Kickstarter goals go into book three. And the neat thing is, is whatever you, what, you know, once you pledge it, you're getting book three as a PDF. Now you gotta, you gotta pledge high enough to get the third book as a print. But everybody who gets book one and two at PDF or print gets at least book three at PDF. And so all the stretch goals just make that book three longer. It just gives you more toys to play with, but it's without the bells and whistles. It's the nitty gritty. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's content that GMs can use to Extra enhance stuff. their campaign. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I'm going to be the first honest. book that's unique. That's the very unique thing. Oh yeah. The, the, when, the, we're ready, the when we're ready, let's jump book. into that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, go ahead. Jump in. Tell you. You guys talk what you about yeah. what you want to, and <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll follow along on the ride. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. I already. I already oh, I love. It I, once. So, 
Mark, Mark, uh, uh, Mark has this idea, and I was reading. Mark, I'm. Uh, uh, I was reading today an old review earlier this morning while I drank coffee about I Am Zombie, and realized you did this trick before, and this is what they were raving about before. Um, it, the first book is called The Gazetteer, and it is a 256-page player's guide. And that's a very unique thing, that it is an in-character reference. So much time is wasted as GMs trying to describe the world to the players. And and a picture is worth a thousand words, and you're kind of like showing players, hey, check out this picture at the beginning of the chapter, whatever. You just hand this book. The, play, the Gazetteer is something you give to the players and say, hey, we're getting ready to run this in a week flip through this. Your characters have probably read this. Um, it, is a, it is a journal of sorts written by an explorer to the Isle uh, who went missing. Uh, his name was Adsquill. He was, taking, he was taking a survey of the island for his master. This, this leads into future books down the road. Uh, but, but your characters would have read this. This was left. His journals were found in Briar Canyon Village which is the first village you visit usually when you go to the island. And so all the stuff is already there, the pictures and, the and sketches, and the, the story, art, the notes, mm. all and the so things saved, he found, the story of what happened to his expedition. It saves know? the GM time. It, it, it immerses the players, just absolutely immerses them if they want to do the reading and do the homework. And it's an amazing read because there is a mystery. As you're reading through it, there are multiple mysteries on what happened adds will uh, we, we we can kind of read between the lines maybe on maybe what happened to him but how do we rescue him all of that is is worked into there in some some riddles that are easy to solve some that are very very subtle so there are different levels of the riddles and and that's one of the two main books or if we count the bonus book one of our three books that that first book the gazetteer is it is a purely in character reference that you give to the players and say you you can say your characters read this, and I love mm. that as a GM that, I love that it's such a time saver. That's to me like um, when when I've we, we chatted about this uh, this project a little bit on our last crowdfunding corner uh, on Sunday, mm -hmm. and one of the things I said then was, uh, Mark and his crew aren't interested in giving you a set of books that are just like the other. 5e books that you have on your shelf they're right. interested in doing something different and they have storytelling sensibilities and uh in-world sensibilities like this player's gazetteer that um say yes yes you know 5e is amazing and everybody loves it and and there's a huge crowd for it but it can still be built upon and it can still be looked at from a different angle and we can apply new tricks or tricks that we're bringing over from vampire sensibilities and other yes. heavier role-playing games and inject a lot of that into 5e, which I would argue is what the community is asking for right now by and large. Anyways, I, I, think, I, I, I would think say that's definitely true. I, I see the yeah. D&D community the same. Mm -hmm. Junction point that it was in the '90s, and that's why everyone ran over the vampire. Right? Is that everyone's just ready for? Yeah, we love D D. We're always going to play D D. But is what? What can we do differently? And and, and in vampires' case, it's a whole new game, and in this case, it's a whole new way to play D D. Yeah. Mark yeah. Mark took in the '90s. Mark took LARP, which was really fringe, and turned it into something global. Um, mm -hmm. I, so I thought about it. So I'm 46 years old. And my oldest character, I am still in, in the organization One World by Night, still playing 
my wraith from 23 years ago longest character mm. i've ever had um because when you get into larp in that immersion it's huge and that's what the gazetteer does uh it's immersive dnd it's not a hey here's some rule books trust your gm to run it it immerses the players into the world mm. uh it gives them mysteries that they can say whoa, 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 whoa what what is this shard cove what is this warthog castle that 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 shard cove talks about that we just read about in a passing sentence we want to go check that out ad school mentioned that in passing what it, what is this sunken temple of dire how do we mm. how do we we our characters want to go there that sounds intriguing and and frankly it returns a lot of the what 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 makes larp is amazing is you can have a hundred players in three or four sts uh mm -hmm. uh gms and and it puts it puts storytelling into a more collaborative effort where it's in the hands of the players as well mm -hmm. and dnd an amazing game oh my goodness what an incredible game i've been playing it since 1980 what what a beautiful game but it's still at its core a gm telling players what they see and hear Mm -hmm. In in doing this gazetteer style, Mark has kind of bridged the gap with LARP a little bit, mm -hmm. and and put a lot of the storytelling and and and, and, and gaming and sort of you know tabletop gaming turns. It means this is sandbox. So it is. so so the game the, the players can go anywhere they want on this you know island with you know vampires and pirates uh, and look for treasure and and meet encounters. But it's sort of they get to decide what route to take you know and so i think it makes it we all know as game masters that when players get to have their own minds and do their own thing that they tend to get much more into the game you know My it's just a lot of work to do that to constantly be ready for the no matter what they decide well the idea with this is that you can sort of see what they're looking in the in the gazetteer then your own book you open the page the same place in the book and you'll have much you'll have the your information which is the the truth, basically, of the version that they are reading. And that lets yeah. you instantly know what to do. The, the Gazetteer, having been written from Adsquil, is subjective. Adsquil is wrong on some things. He is an unfaithful narrator. He's brilliant, and he's creative, and he makes some guesses, but he may not be right on everything. The GM Cyclopedia, the companion I'm figuring book, that out is the main act of deduction, basically. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, part of, it's, it's the biggest riddle. It's the biggest riddle is what was he right on? What did he get wrong? And, 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 and is that why he went missing? Uh, the GM Cyclopedia is purely objective. It has the stat blocks. It has the artifacts. It has, it has the, the behind the scenes. This is what's going on per location, per NPC, and, and gives some of the riddles. Although I'm going to be honest, one of Mark's strategies was we want to make this an exploration even for the GM. And so there are riddles in the encyclopedia that the GM may need to figure out. And and that makes it fun. It's an exploration where the players and GM kind of team up to explore some things. And so that's one of the amazing things is, yeah, the players have their thing and they choose what to explore. But then the GM has his book, her book, their book behind the scenes and gets to, yeah. gets, gets to share the bits that they want to share uh, and, mm -hmm. and hang on to the bits that they want to be mysterious. And to be clear, we don't have that many riddles for the Game Master, and they will be answered in the sequel. Underneath they will. I'm so excited Island. about this. You know, <laughs> I'm but, so excited about this. So eventually we'll, we'll explain everything, but, but we do we keep will. a couple secrets going just because, you know, anyone who's played, you know, White Wolf, World of Darkness Games knows, like I, you know, that's kind of how you, you run your game releases almost like it's a, 
a story and you get to yeah. learn more and more oh, yeah. the more you read. There are seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, season one has to have a cliffhanger. Oh, and my goodness, the cliffhanger. Mark, Mark told us what we were doing to end, you know, it's a seven-chapter book. He told us what we were doing to end chapter seven, and the writing team just gasped. It was, <laughs> the oxygen left the room. It, you know, and our team is spread from California to Sweden to Brazil, and our team just gasped, and I swear that the oxygen level on Earth just dropped a little bit because <laughs> what an ending. And, and But it leads into book two, and that's... Uh, and, and, and I want to say that Mark mentioned the sandbox setting. So in prep for Gen Con, I just ran 24 hours of Bloodstone Isle. And let me be clear, that was a fly-through. To the extent that the players said, we're almost bitter that, it's that, that it was that short, can you, when you get back from Gen Con, restart this and run this as a campaign? Because this is clearly, they said, a 20-level campaign. We could do this. We could camp in this for, for the entirety of a campaign, and there is that much. There, mm. and, and that book three is, quite frankly, we ran out of pages. We had extra <laughs> stuff. So all the stuff we couldn't fit in book two went into book three, and then it's our stretch goals on top of that. Yeah. Um, Jameson Stone and Nerdarchy and all our other stretch goals are, are crammed into book three, and all the stuff that we couldn't fit and in you, bonus. Zach, in you're, you guys are That's right. I'm, I'm down the line a little bit. Absolutely. Um, you you should not mention me in the same uh, in the same breath as uh, Jameson Stone and Nerd Archive. So you were doing I, it right, Jason. Yeah. No, I disagree. I, I disagree, uh, uh, Zach. You have. Uh, uh, we are grateful that you have brought a lot of insight uh, to our project, and uh, and and yeah, we are a better project yeah, for that. We are. Help. We are help. thankful. Um, well, appreciate that. So, so I, I want to kind of help condense like that. That's a ton of of insight into the content of these books. So, but oh, to kind God. of help help the listener condense, right? So we have a player's oh, yeah. gazetteer that has all the lore stuff. We have a game yep. master cyclopedia, which is all of the rules. answers to what's in, and and then also the rules, right? Yep. And then yes. we have the third book, which is called I think uh, Bloodstone Covenant, right? It is. And, Good job. And, Okay, good. All right, great. All right, I feel better now. Um, and <laughs> it's got all the stuff that couldn't be crammed into the other books, plus all the stretch goal stuff. And that's how you're managing to kick out the two core books so quickly right. after the Kickstarter wraps, is there's nothing going to be added to those. It's all laid out. It's all good to go. And right. then right. as that last book gets finished and all the stretch goals get locked in and, and everything's rounded out there, then that one will right. also go... After production to be released. Yeah, after Gen Con. We'll, and we we'll, also have a map. We have a treasure map that you can get. It depends on your backer level. Yes. So that, that's pretty cool. And you all, you'll definitely get that PDF. So you can actually go down to your uh, local staples or whatever and have it just printed out, you know? So, yeah. And yeah, maps are amazing. You know, we all know this. And, and in fact, uh, you know, the way I play tested this is that, you know, I had the map out with uh, pages of the different books laid around the table and uh, and little notes written on the side of the map and some of the clues from the, the book I drew on the map by hand. And it was just uh, this amazing thing where the players are just arguing over that map for hours. <laughs> and they all testify that was the most fun they'd ever had, right? <laughs> you know? Right. Arguing yeah, so. over a map, which, which is, you know, we all... I think we've all had a great experiences like that where sure. you know things just sort of flow like that. Like that. And, and that's 
that's my number one goal and what in my work and gaming is i want everyone to have that flow state of role playing and being in the moment being your character mm -hmm. i want everyone to have that as often as possible absolutely well okay so, so what Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. I was going to say, if I, if I may throw out one of the selling points that I think one of the biggest selling points of Bloodstone Owl, beyond the fact that the creator of Vampire the Masquerade made an island that has vampires and pirates on it, one of its selling points is that it is an, Bloodstone Isle is an island that drifts through the multiverse. Um, and, and because of this, it fits in all campaigns. It, it drifts into, if you're running Eberron or the Sword Coast or Ravnica, one of my favorites, uh, it, mm -hmm. it, it drifts in. Uh, the playtest the game that I just finished running, uh, they were Ravnica characters from Magic the Gathering, and it showed up in the Simic Combines Lake, this tidal causeway. And the mm -hmm. players went across the causeway and ended up on Bloodstone Isle, and then the island left again and left the world of Ravnica. Now they're trapped on this island. That's part of the selling point is people that say, oh, I don't know Lost Lord. You don't need to. That was why we did this as the first book. It is entirely standalone. You can add it to any existing campaign and it can be used as a jumping off entry point for Lost Lord down the road when we get, when we get our other books out. But it's perfectly standalone now. It's an intro to where Mark's creativity mm. is at right now what he's doing it's, it's an easy dark fantasy like you know it is explain what it is it's, it's dark it's very you know uh, you know we're doing the monster so eventually we're gonna have a bunch of games where you get to be the vampire in D, D. you get to be the werewolf in D, D. you get to be the dragon in D, &D. Um, but all these game books will be completely you know from the point of view of the monster just like world of darkness about monsters in the modern world this is sort of like monsters in, in the D&D, &D, you know, hmm. mythos. And this set, yeah, this sets up the vampires. I mean, we're, we're, we're open about that up front to the buyers. Uh, pirates yeah. versus vampires. It sets that up. But but to say pirates versus yeah, vampires. Who doesn't, who doesn't love pirates? And oh, vampires. my goodness. Talk about, oh, wouldn't right? it be cool if. But, <laughs> but it sets up, you know, the players are presumably not pirates and vampires. It sets up that they've come to this island. And there's this ancient feud that is building and is just at the point that it's hitting its, its crux. And that's where the players are thrown in. And so the, the structure of the chapters is kind of a tour around the island as they unlock the clues and, frankly, pick sides. Uh, and, and there's far more than just those two sides. And that's one of the geniuses is that I have... No, as the GM, you have no idea how this campaign will end because there is so much in the player's hands. It's everything is in the player's hands. On, on, it, there, there is a story. It's not just, here's a bunch of locations go. There is a campaign. There is a story that builds towards a climax, but it's not a railroad. Just mm. the opposite. It's so open-ended on the decision. Every decision the players make affects the, the final outcome. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that's so amazing is the GM is kind of keeping notes in the background. Very simple. We've got a system for it on how this is affecting the the political terrain of the island and and which factions are gaining prominence as the players make their choices. And that's one of the things that, to me, in the playtesting of this was so brilliant was I had no idea 
what the final conf- the, the final conflagration was going to look like because I didn't know going into this what choices the players were going to make. And yeah, so, I, I, I had five different groups running through uh, Bloodstone, and each one of them made friends with certain people, enemies with other, and none of them made friends or enemies with the same groups. So <laughs> it's it very funny. Like the for the uh, podcast, um, the the Lost Ark podcast, they made friends with the Iron Knights. And, but they're mm. the only ones. Everyone else sees the Iron Knights as dire enemies and hate their guts and <laughs> and want to fight them. So it's very interesting to me how I, like just players deciding things can make such a different yeah. setting for themselves, and that actually has a direct effect on the ending. And, and to me, that's we can't, like what what yeah. better feeling for players to at the end of the story for the for the game master goes, "Hey, you invented this ending. I didn't do it. Absolutely." You guys did. It, it can't be emphasized how much something so simple, even at the beginning of the game, you, you, your characters walk across the tidal causeway, they interact with the Iron Knights, and that interaction sets the tone for the rest of the island. Um, mm. And I, I do want to throw out that the selling point to me of Book 3, there are a lot of neat things in Book 3, but we have a new fighter subclass called the Iron Knight, which are very mm-hmm. integral to the politics of Bloodstone Isle. And whether you join, and if you choose to join them, and you can, uh, you that could become, if you're a fighter in particular, that could become your subclass. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a fighter, frankly, D and D, Tasha's Cauldron gives you the rules on changing classes. Um, so there's room for anybody to become an Iron Knight, and it is a really good subclass. It, I I'm really impressed. I I like fighters in D and D. I'm I'm going to be honest. I think the Iron Knight is now my favorite subclass. And it, awesome. it, to me, that makes book three worth it alone, is just this incredible uh, uh, subclass that is a little bit holy. I'm not going to say that there isn't some, some <laughs> flavor along the lines of the paladins, but a little bit artifact-oriented, so there's a little bit of flavor towards artificers. But they are absolutely their own thing. And uh, goodness, a little they're... bit Templar, a little bit, uh, yeah. you know, a little bit Inquisitor, a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, cult... There's a lot of fun to the Iron Knight. That, that alone is worth the price of the book, I feel. You know, it, is fun, it is funny about role-playing. Like, if you said to someone, like, your parents overheard you, you talk to your friends, yeah, who doesn't want to join a cult, right? <laughs> your, your parents would freak out. But yet, in gaming, we, we really can have these wonderful experiences that we would never consider doing in real life. You know, Absolutely. That, that, is, that is such a... Sorry, I was just marveling no, at how I, I, wonderful I, I, our hobby is. Mark, Mark and I have this in common that we're both pastors' kids, and so we both experienced that period where D and D was was uh, vilified, and we went through that, and it made us better people, and we came out the other mm-hmm. side very excited about this industry, this hobby that brings people together, it unifies people, at a time when our world is really. Uh, um, not getting along. What I love is that in gaming, everybody puts that aside and comes around the table and has fun. And I think that that's mm-hmm. one of the greatest virtues of role-playing games, is that it brings people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a day when people are, are resorting to texting and, and for communication and, and Facebook, and it's very difficult to stay in contact, getting around the table with pencils and, and, and dice is so healthy. It mm-hmm. really is. We used to get made fun for it, but now we look back. You know what? My dad, the preacher, looks back and says, man, you had the best of hobbies. He said, you, all, your, your, your friends were good friends. You stayed out of trouble. It was a good hobby that made you a good person. I re- mm-hmm. he, he even said, you know, I kind of regret that I was against this. 
And for <laughs> for me, blood, the gaming industry has gone really far in in so many different directions. And Bloodstone Isle feels very classical to me. Hmm. It feels very much let's let's get back to the core of what role playing was about. And you know, Mark mentioned Lost Lorne is kind of his first campaign. There is something to be said that this is a nostalgia trip for Mark that he's allowing us to join him on. And it's a good trip. It, mm. it, it's a good journey to take with him. We, we trust him. He brought us Ars Magica. He brought us Vampire the Masquerade. He brought us I Am Zombie. He, he says, hey, this was my first game. And, and I want to share it with you. And we as the writers are, and, and the artists, we're just having a joy helping him bring, bring this nostalgia to life. I love it. Well, here, I think that's that's as good of a selling point as we can. Take a trip, join a cult, and go back Bloodstone Isle. Um, oh, yeah. I think yeah, just uh, search I think, Bloodstone on Kickstarter, and you'll find it right away. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so curse, that's a good thing. The curse of Bloodstone. And you can just type in Bloodstone, and Kickstarter will pop it up. Right, or yeah. curse. I've been typing in curse, and it comes. Oh, pretty really? Much right okay. Up. Yeah, Perfect. but the good news is you can type it in as whatever. And it comes, it, the curse of Bloodstone Isle. Bloodstone comes up, curse comes up even. Perfect. And so and we're almost funded. So uh, Ooh, 90, yeah, up now, right. can, we're can very, very close. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably uh, if you're tuning in, you could be the person who pushes it over here in the next couple of uh, in the next day or so. Um, so head on over to Kickstarter if you haven't already and uh, give them some of your hard-earned cash. Then go over and um, you guys have a Twitter, a Facebook, an Instagram, all under Lost Lorne Games. I believe you also have a Patreon. Is that correct? Yes. Or yeah. Is, uh, yes. Under the, Mark Ron Hagen. The but, Patreon. Uh, but none of the money goes to me. It all goes to the team. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make that clear. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm doing this for the love of it and the long term. But short term, none of this is for me. The, it's for the, the love of the game, been, baby. The patron has been a joy for us because we do connect with, we do try to connect with our, our patrons. And uh, I've had a number reach out that I've stayed in touch with. And uh, they've, they've been very good in helping us bring this to light. We certainly want to thank mm -hmm. our patrons. And uh, they're, they're why we can go to print as quick yeah, as we can. Yeah, they're amazing. Them. Thank you so much, they're, guys. They're so good. If you're good. listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. They're, they're, they're a joy. Awesome. And I hope, I hope I can link up with all of our patrons at Gen Con. Heck yeah. Well, that, that'll be a good spot for us to... Uh, and backers. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, all the backers, all the backers. That'll be a... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's a good segue to what we're going to cover here at the end, which is, um, as, we, as we draw to a close, go back them, and then I know Jason's running a bunch of Lost Lauren stuff at uh, Gen Con. Troy and I will be at Gen Con as well. Yes, we, we would encourage all of you to head on over there. If you're going to be at Gen Con, and you hear this podcast, and you say, hey, I want to talk to Jason and learn oh, more where about will you this. Be, just... where, will you where will you be, Jason? Where will you be? Where can they find you? Oh, I don't know my table number. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going tomorrow night to find out. They, I'm sure they've sent that to me, but I've I've been so good. I think role-playing is in one area, so I don't think I think it is a hard time um, to find it. One of the beauties, our managing director, and he was the lead writer on Bloodstone, uh, is John Gamble. And I got to play editor, but John was lead writer. John is there, and he is, he will be there, and he will specifically be, be playing pickup games. Mm. For people that show up and go, oh, I didn't sign up for this. That's okay. We've, we've got a team yeah. of, of John and Garrett and Jenna, and they will be there to handle pickup games, and we'll get people in. I'm excited. I'm excited that that's the goal is to get as many people in 
as we can. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let's send some people your way. They can message you on uh, Lost Lauren Games on any of those platforms that we just uh, mentioned. And uh, we'll get them hooked up with you and uh, point them in the right direction. Mark, Jason, thank you so much for hanging out with us this afternoon or this morning. Definitely. Zach, you're Thanks so you're, much, guys. You're a friend of Lost Lauren. You've done so much for us. We we are thrilled to to hang out with you. Troy, thanks a lot for hanging out with us as well. Appreciate yes. you popping on. Thank you, Troy. I, I have before we leave. I have one question. Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean, so I, I I am under the assumption that this is vampires and pirates. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Plus plus other things, but yeah. Well, plus, I mean, that, that that's what I wanted to ask about because will there be an expansion eventually? with ninjas because vampires pirates and ninjas i think oh. that is an absolute uh home run he's not wrong mark and, you know, and, uh, uh I, i'm not sure we could call them ninjas but i think we could definitely have like our version of ninjas when you do underneath uh bloodstone island and in oh. fact I'll, I'll make you a promise right now Here we're is. gonna have Definitely. something i think it's a great idea and we're I gonna do it, it. I, there you go. I am. They just in... won't be called ninjas. They'll be called something That's else. That's fine. That's fine. Or they're going to be like you know. Troy will know they're ninjas. Assassins. I will know from the dark. I will know. We we have <laughs> we have some foreshadowing and some hints to this under Bloodstone book, and uh, and and it is what it sounds. It, you know, there, it's it's going to be set some it's going to be it's going to have a greater focus on that which is underground and that is mark is right that is the perfect place for that troy so, what's your troy, last name uh sandlin sandlin yes we need to it. make we need to make sure that he gets that credit mark for, for <laughs> yeah no i'm trying to think of how i can turn his name to the name of the ninjas oh, uh, oh. we're going to do some linguistic playing around with that okay. again we, uh, we like our linguistics we're going to play with that <laughs> I, uh, awesome. I dig it Awesome. I, I, I've got some ideas already, Mark. We're going to have some fun with that. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. <laughs> we'll look forward to uh, a successful project and a successful run at Gen Con. You guys yes. have a great day. You thank too. you, guys. Bye-bye. Have a great game, everybody. <laughs> thank hey. you, Troy. Have a good day. <laughs>